are listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. And at this day and time, it also means David Sampson, the award-winning David Sampson. He of nothing personal with David Sampson. He records it weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern. Congratulations. I mean, you've got 812 bobbleheads behind you. Do you have any room for your awards? Are they trophies, certificates, plaques? What'd you win? I love where your head's at. I don't know yet. I assume it'll be something that I can put on the set here. But with best baseball podcast, thanks to the fans, and best sports business podcast, uh, thanks to the fans. So I'm appreciative of the fans. That is for sure. It's a, it's quite a trick to do a business show and a baseball show and have people think it's both. And then I get to do this with you every week as well and get to have fun on Levitard. I am truly blessed here in my post-baseball career. Well, uh, and congratulations. And I want to get into you know the sports business thing that I'm guessing you'll attack at some point. This whole Dartmouth players unionizing the National Labor Relations Board, agreeing that they can unionize. This is... Um, well, it's, it happened about 10 years ago. Northwestern tried it. They were denied unionization. The landscape has changed just a little bit in those 10 years. Just a tiny bit. <laughs> this, uh, this has to have the college folks losing their minds right now. Well, if, if you're working for the NCAA, you are beginning to think about the process of buying some boxes, maybe getting some tape taping the boxes, taking some stuff home, stealing some paper, some pens. Because here's the truth. If, in fact, this gets held on appeal, which means that right now there was a ruling by the NLRB. However, it's being appealed, as you would imagine, immediately by Dartmouth and, and NCAA. But if they lose and the players do get to unionize and then the players vote to unionize, so that's an important point here, This does not mean that the players are now part of a union. This allows them to vote to be in a union. If they vote and become unionized employees, that changes the whole business of the NCAA. The ability to, and I want to say this carefully because this is not meant to be a double entendre, but the ability to take advantage of or exploit college athletics to the point where the funding of other both sports and things off the field get funded because players are not being paid, but programs are taking in money. Things are going to disappear off college campuses. But David, I could argue, like we're finding out in the last couple weeks just how unprofitable major college athletics is at a lot of big places too. LSU women win the national championship of basketball. The program apparently lost $8 million last year. Now you could make the case that they made the university far more than that in terms of, you know, it, we all know the game and how it's played and what have you. But most athletic departments struggle to break even. The majority lose money. David, you ran a pro sports franchise. Mm-hmm. You would look across at agents and players all the time and say, it doesn't matter what you're worth it matters what I can pay you. I can argue this is a gift for colleges going forward, that what they want to do is have them be employees, 
have them unionize so that you then can look at them and go, yeah, the quarterback who on the free agent market's making one and a half, two million a year. Yeah, you can't make that anymore. I don't have the money. Now that would be great. But the reality is that the way the books work. So in baseball, we had an owner and the owner did not have four other entities under him, like a, a, a network or real estate. It was just the team. But even within the team, we had five different entities, one to run the stadium operations. We had one to run spring training. We had different entities. And as president of all of them, I would be able to, when I'm doing the budgets, when I am assigning sort of silos for revenue, I can sort of figure out where I wanna put things in order to show the bank that we have enough EBITDA to warrant the credit lines that we have or to show baseball that we don't have a lot of local revenue so we can get some extra revenue sharing. There are ways to do things. Colleges are funding a ton of things out of their athletic department. And it doesn't take, it's not illegal by any stretch. It's not creative accounting, it's actual accounting. So until I see actual books of these schools, I will not allow myself to echo what you said, which is LSU, they lost money here. They made money here. We don't really know where that money goes. That's number one, the revenue that comes in. Number two, you're talking about, can we tell players that we cannot afford them? That's happening today with NIL. There's free agency in college today. The problem with unionization is the cost per player who's not quote unquote NIL worthy. Those players get benefits and other protections that employees get not the top employees, I'm talking protection of the bottom level of employees. Because it's not just the quarterback who can be in the union if this happens, it's also the last guy on the water polo team. And the last guy in the water polo team doesn't generate enough to warrant getting the benefits that are concomitant to being a paying union member, which is why programs will disappear and sports will disappear. Yeah, you, so what you're predicting then is a lot of non-revenue sports would go perhaps the way of the club sport and things of that nature where the school is going to say, yeah, we'll have football, basketball, maybe women's basketball. I don't know what this does with Title IX, but if they unionize, I would think that would go away as well. So, th Yes, I agree with you, Mark. And here's the irony is that ESPN just cut that big deal. I don't know if we talked about it on this show. I don't know where I was. ESPN signed a deal not for the CFP or the March Madness, but for like 100 other sports. They yes. did this all-encompassing. They did this great announcement. 110 million, 60 of it is basically women's basketball, yes. And so that was a deal that was lauded as, all right, money is trickling down now. But that's an interesting situation because do the colleges, in order to get the money for the women basketball, do they have to give ESPN all those other sports? Yes. Or do they have the option to just deliver maybe more women's basketball because those other lower tier sports will disappear? And I'm not sounding the alarm quite yet. And this may sound very pro-management and I get it. But I, I encourage people to be careful what they wish for. And I met with many, many employees, game day employees as an example, when we were hiring them and they, they wanted to unionize. And I just wanted to talk to them about what being in a union means, what paying union dues means, what you get in return, and what can be the result of a union gone bad, which is an absence of jobs, not a better condition of the existing jobs. Well, for the record, we thought that women's basketball and the other sports 
gave their rights away for far too little. Uh, we thought women's basketball actually should have negotiated their own deal. And, you know, the each sport, baseball, softball, they can negotiate their own deals. The non-revenue generating sports, they could, you know, join forces and, and what have you. Uh, David Sampson, nothing personal with David Sampson. The award-winning nothing personal with David Sampson. He records it 8 a.m. weekdays, and you can find it uh, where you get your podcast, CBS Sports HQ, The Libertard Show. He joins us every Tuesday at this time. All right, the uh, Bobby Witt Jr. deal. Are you a fan of these from the club standpoint and from the player standpoint? These 10, 11-year, $250, 300000000 million deals, I buy out some of your free agent years, I overpay you what you otherwise would have made. If you stay a stud, you're going to leave $150 million on the table. If you get hurt, I'm going to lose $200 million. Are you a fan of these deals? I, I, I'd like you to ask the question differently, if you don't mind. Okay. Are there circumstances where these deals become necessary for a team to offer a young player? And the answer is yes. With the Marlins, we had the circumstance with Giancarlo Stanton. We were tired of the PR that we're letting all our players go. We were tired of the PR of, oh, we're a farm system for other teams. And we thought that having finally a career Marlin, a Hall of Fame career Marlin would be good for us as a team, given that we had just moved into a new stadium. And on top of that, we had signed a bunch of players and then trade them. Went to Stan and said, what would you not say no to? And that's how we got to the $325 million deal. When you are a team like the Royals and you are trying to get a new stadium, you are looking for financing. It is your job to show the public, hey, this is not your ordinary small revenue team. If we get this stadium, this is just an example of what we're gonna do. You wanna get attached to Bobby Witt, you've got him and you've got him forever. Hey, Bobby, what's it gonna take? When you're 23 years old and you're offered a guaranteed amount of 200 plus million dollars with a chance to make 300 plus million dollars, there is no 23 year old who will turn that down because there's no amount of insurance that player can get to replace that income if he gets hurt or if he doesn't perform anymore. Is he a slam dunk 12 year productive major leaguer? Of course not. Very few players are, but that amount of money you don't turn down. Does this work better for the player or better for, I mean, or for the club? I mean, and, and, does, is, and, and does this, in your estimation, is this what Kansas City needs to do to get the stadium? So that's the, awesome. That is what we as teams think we need to do. And as it turns out, the municipalities who are giving money to a public-private partnership, half of them that you're negotiating with haven't heard of the players you have. The other half don't really give a flying rat's pituitary gland, whether you have Bobby Witt signed or not. They want to either not get uh, kicked out of office or they want to get reelected. They want to do the popular good thing of not being on duty when a sports team is lost from a city. So it's not about players, except teams always think it is because they think that the politicians are acting out of PR. And if you get people to love your team because you just signed your young player, how great is that? Well, the Rays signed Wander Franco. How did that go? And you've got a bunch of other young players who were signed. Some of them work out, but the majority, and Rob Manford and Bud Seal used to give us these lists, the overwhelming majority work out for the player, not the team. But the reason why they keep being signed 
is the piece of paper that we get that shows when it works out for who. When it works out for the team, it really works out, which is why owners say, oh, we won't make a mistake. We've got the best baseball people, so we're going to go ahead and do it. And then they get screwed. Um, Mark, I, I just realized why it is that he's winning awards and when we're not. We have not wrapped our hands around the flying pituitary gland. <laughs> okay. And then that's the difference right there. That's a difference maker. So uh, David Sampson and his flying <laughs> pituitary gland, you can listen to it, uh, watch it uh, weekdays at 8 a.m. Uh, he calls it nothing personal with David Sampson. We may rename it, sell T-shirts if he gives us the rights. David, congratulations and thanks Thank for joining you. us. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Follow him on Twix, Twitter slash X at David, the letter P. Sampson, David P. Sampson. The P for pituitary. I never knew that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Miller and Moulton. The play of the day is coming up. Thanks what a for listening. dismount. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. 21 minutes past the hour. Thanks so much for being with us. We are Miller and Moulton along the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Amanda Kristovich, who was first that I saw, on the Dartmouth men's basketball team winning before the National Labor Relations Board, and they can move ahead, uh, pending appeal, and unionize. And it may just change college sports that we know it. No big deal. She'll join us in uh, 40 minutes' time. Our poll question, I mean, it, it's a big deal. I mean, you know, we hard-hitting, that's how we roll. Uh the Division One athletes, should they be an employee? Yes or no? So far, three-quarters of you say yes. Hmm. I think that'll go down. I don't know about you, Mark. I do, too. I was surprised that it jumped out. I think yes is more of a why not. That's how I feel about it, at least. And I, I know you can give me a lot of reasons why not, but I, I'm just – I'm not a business guy. I just take it in a vacuum. If they're generating that much money indirectly, of course, with their programs and stuff, they should get a cut of it, in my opinion. Now, how oh. you go about the money, that's where it gets tricky, and I understand that. Well, this is where I think the brain and the heart are, are going to have a hard time agreeing, because especially if you're older than you, because college sports means something emotionally to you. But yet the adult in you who's been in the world, who's negotiated deals on one side of the table or the other, probably has concluded, well, they, they, you know, they deserve more. They really are you know, what we ask of them, employees. But they also know that the minute we declare them employees, I mean, it, it stops being college sports. I mean, it, 100%. And it is, right. for the most part, now. It's pay for play now. We all know right. it. Right. So what but do you not want? Not all Pay the sports are. No. Not all the sports are. And, you know, even on the football team, there's a hierarchy. You know, the quarterback's making what the quarterback's making. That doesn't mean half the guys are getting paid, by the way. You know, the three stars are like, yeah, we can find another one. Look just like you. I'm just telling you right now. So we don't have any money left for you. 
We got money for those 30 guys. Sorry, we don't have money for you. So, David, I have to switch gears and ask you a question. Okay. I don't know if this comes up in your world, but in my world, people will say, hey, I was thinking about David. This reminded me of David. I don't know how often you get you know, questions about me to you, but I get texts about things that happen that are directed to you, that if they would have your number, they may text you directly, but they have my number and they're my friends, supposedly, so they text me about it. I get about 10 a week about if it's involving Michigan State, uh, I'll get texts, okay, hey, wonder what Mark thinks about, or if you've taken a stance on an issue on the show, you know, I will get people reach out to me and go, well, Mark was right about that, or huh, you're going to bust Mark's shops tomorrow over this? All right, so it goes both ways. That's good to know. But I got a text Sunday around 1 in the afternoon that really made me laugh. (laughs) Buddy of mine that lives in Ohio, the weather broke, and they had 55, 60-degree weather, which means, and he's in the golf business, which means his golf course where he works at was open, and it was packed. And it was the first time that he was seeing this people since the fall. It was February, and the text read the following. Molten would be in full meltdown mode here today. We just opened back up after January off, and I've had multiple people give me the Happy New Year. I can't think of anything but him every time I hear it. Well, the other thing that I, where I thought this was going was him saying, you know, we've been closed for X number of weeks and what have you, and they show up every year at roughly the same time. So, therefore, what is it? Groundhog Day. Because there's always that first day up north where the weather breaks. And people are running around 58 degrees. Some guy comes in in his shorts. Hey, hey, ready to go. It is the best. I, that's, I've already, in the three months I've been here, I already missed that. I was jealous of all my friends back home. Why? Because it's a euphoric feeling when it finally gets back to 55 degrees. Everyone's in a good mood. Everyone's happy. Wait. You're really? trending back up. You know that the tournament's right around the corner for college hoops. All that oh, good you stuff. And, you and your college hoops. This is so cute. This really is. This euphoria that you get from college basketball. Well, this is great to see. That's only a part of it. I'm saying the whole phenomenon of enduring really? the long winter and having that first day where it's 55 degrees and the sun 55. peaks. 55. 55 yes. equals euphoria. You do know in a couple years when you're still in Florida, that 55 is going to become 85. <laughs> you do realize that, right? I, no, I totally do. That's okay. why That's why I'm saying I kind of miss the and, – all things in perspective, of course. I'm not complaining with the 90 degrees down here. Sounded like a complaint. It's, it's it, it, you know, I miss, I miss I that. Miss it up I north. miss that brown, windy day in February where the thermometer hits 55. Hey, Trent, I'll tell you what I tell everybody that complains about things that they miss from up north. I-75 goes north too. You can always go back. My car probably wouldn't make it. Although, <laughs> how about this? I think you guys will at least give me this. It definitely makes you appreciate the weather down here when you're oh, up there and you finally yeah, get yeah, that's he's just, been, he's just trying to spin. When you he, go through four seasons, he, you appreciate it. He got asked, 
the question in the debate and he blew it and he's going to spend the rest of the debate trying to get the answer right. And it's just gonna, every single time he's done talking, we're just going to crush him. I, honestly, that it's would over. happen either way. It's over. So 28 minutes after the hour. All right. You know, show us, show us your euphoria. This is your daily euphoria. We call it the play of the day. It's on you. Go. I have to give Moulton credit this morning because he was all over this. <clears throat> Excuse me, on yesterday's show. Number four, Kansas on the road to play in-state rival Kansas State. The Jayhawks are coming off a great win over Houston. As David said, perhaps the most impressive win of the season for anyone this, thus far. But the Wildcats had this one circled on the calendar. Back and forth a bit. Game goes into overtime, which was bad news for the Jayhawks because the Wildcats going into last night, 10-0 and in overtime under Coach Jerome Tang. And uh, they made it 11-0. Here's a big three from senior guard Tyler Perry to put the Cats up four in overtime. This feels like a huge possession offensively for Kansas State. Perry got it! Oh! Timeout, Kansas! Perry led all scores with 26. Kansas State wins at 75-70, and the crowd does not storm the court at Tang's request. And once again... It is anyone's race in college hoops. Got to love it. There's your play of the day presented by Molly Mate. 774-5839. That's 239-774-5839. Call Molly Mate today and give your spouse the gift of a clean house. I don't know if you can win Valentine's Day with Molly Mate. You don't win it on Valentine's Day. When you would win it is about now Easter. Then she'd realize what a great gift it was. Yeah, it's a stand-up double if you give that gift now. But by late March into April, yeah, that's a round tripper. Absolutely. Uh-huh. I thought you were getting that you can't win unless you go now. Because you have to go now. You can't be scrambling next week. Can't be scrambling. You got to get this done. Although, I don't know. I mean, we're, guys are pretty good scramblers. You know, going all the way back to Tarkenton, Staubach, okay, now, you know, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar. I mean, you know, we're pretty good scramblers. Do you guys I, cram you for tests to... in college? Would you cram? Always. You yeah, that, that's the only way I yeah. could do it. I mean, all it takes, by the way, to be a good scrambler is credit. I mean, you know, I mean, Trent's got seven bucks, but he's probably got credit. I mean, even Trent, he's got no need to scramble right now, but if he had to, he could. Once that girl from Appleton, Wisconsin comes in his life, yep, he'll learn scrambling for credit. He's already being set up with her. I mean, that's going to happen later on in the month. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Our poll question today is based off of arguably the biggest story in the sports world yesterday. The Dartmouth men's basketball team won in front of the National Labor Relations Board, but there's one more level for them to go through the NLRB. And Dartmouth and the NCAA have already appealed the verdict. But the verdict was the men's basketball team they're employees of Dartmouth, as far as the National Labor Relations Board is concerned. 
So then as an employee, you know you can, if you want, unionize, or you can, at the very least, go to your boss and negotiate what your salary should be, and whether you should get benefits and how many hours a week you should work. And we all know the drill. And obviously, that's that's a little different than how uh, things work in uh, college athletics right now. So our poll question is, do you think that the Division One athlete is or should be an employee? Yay or nay? And so far, and I don't believe this is how the nation feels, and I don't even think it's how our audience feels, but three-quarters of you that are voted are like, yeah, I do. I think they're employees. Go to that Mark Miller, the David Walton, FloridaSportsNetwork.com and vote. It's only a canyon in difference as to how they've been doing it forever. It's the complete opposite. I'm not sure if they were able to unionize what that would mean long-term for the, for the college athlete. And what we've been wondering, David, is if it's actually long-term going to benefit the athlete or the university that if we take this away from the boosters and put this back in-house, if you will. Well, I think the only way for the people who are screaming about the cost and the money, well, the only way you can contain costs is to, come on, we all do this in our everyday life, never mind those that run businesses, of which I have no experience in. But, I mean, you know, you have to have a budget, right? Have to operate within the budget, right? I mean, you know, now it's it's the wild, wild west. And and since the money's not coming directly from the university, the university then has to lean on these outside forces. No, let's come on. Let's let's put the pool of money. Here it is. Okay. Now let's divvy it up. Just like it come on. Come on. There's a billion dollar entity. This is professional sports. It is. It's just now finally become professionalized. Now, we don't like it because college is not supposed to be professional. You know, it's the beloved alma mater. It's the band. Okay, you know, I wear the sweatshirt with pride. You know, that's not how I act at a pro game. I I break tables at a pro game. I get hammered at a pro game and get in fights. Okay, that's not how I feel about my college. College is a big hug. College is warmth. Pro sports is angst. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you know, come and think about it. I I would look at it this way. College athletics had a great run. They really did. I mean, come on. They built a billion-dollar industry on the back of free labor. What the hell more did you want? Okay, now you got to pay a little money for the labor. And right now you're paying a lot of money for the labor. At Are some you? places, well, Are you? well, they're not, but they're their boosters are. Their boosters are right. So, uh, you know. So, would you rather have the boosters controlling what gets paid, or would you rather control what gets paid? Well, here's the problem: the boosters. What if the boosters just decide to stop paying? Now, all of a sudden, your program goes in, mm, in a handbasket. I mean, you know, what if the boosters run out of money? The university goes, hey, what's the deal? Boosters go, I don't know what to tell you, ran out of money. 
you know, you're going to have to pay. Well, we ain't paying. Well, I guess we're going to suck then. I mean, come on. There's enough money. I mean, that's the other. Come on. You mean to tell me there's not enough money? Really? We don't think there's enough money in the system between the money that's coming into the universities and then the money that the boosters are shelling out? Really? We can't work this out? Of course we can work this out. We just don't want to. Like all the big problems in our life these days, we don't want to fix them. We just want to complain about them. And fixing them in college sports is going to be hard. It's going to be uncomfortable for a couple of years to figure out what the best method is. Now, we could be wrong. We could be wrong. Maybe this employee route is completely the wrong way to go. But obviously, this times have changed. We're never going back to what it was. And I think that, David, I, I th- not to interrupt, but to stop you right there, that, that is a key point of this is that there are so many people out there, well, can't, why can't we just go back to what, that's not happening. It's over. The Supreme Court said so. In fact, the courts have been saying so for 15 years here. You know, even the O'Bannon decision, going back, which is nearly 15 years old now, I mean, they lost. Now, it wasn't, I thought this was going to happen with the O'Bannon decision. We're, we thought that was going to be the damn breaking. And O'Bannon won. And it didn't lead to the financial dam breaking. And we were like wondering, why? Why is this not breaking? Look at what they ruled. But, I mean, you know, there are those that are saying, listen, the general student loan debt, you know how much college education costs? You don't think that's enough of payment for these athletes? They really deserve it. Doug Gottlieb, Doug Gottlieb, who was a, you know, College athlete, scholarship athlete at Notre Dame and Oklahoma State. Doug Gottlieb is adamant. Trust me, scholarships more than enough. You know, you want to do, you know, expenses to go to Burger King, what have you, that's fine. But uh, nope, that's enough. Not a dime. Huh? Okay. I can respect that opinion. I don't agree with it, but I can respect it. But we ain't going back to that. It doesn't matter if you're right. That ship sailed. And once again, I think we can put a lot of blame on the NCAA upon losing. They didn't put any systems in place to try to slow this down. They didn't want anything to do with NIL. Then they come up after the fact and say, oh, these collectives are illegal. I mean, Charlie Baker has been in charge of the NCAA for 13 plus months. And now the NCAA is coming after Florida, Florida State, Tennessee, and apparently a whole bunch of others in the near future about what they did or didn't do concerning NIL. Do you know Charlie Baker, shortly after taking the job, was asked about NIL, and he said about the NCAA, quote, we really don't have an NIL policy right now. Well, then how the hell are you going to discipline people about NIL? You said that a year ago. You're going to discipline about stuff that happened in 2022? I mean, this is how bad the NCAA looks. They're fighting past fights and arguments. Can they look forward, please? And they their revenues at the NCAA have never been greater than they are right now, but they're using most of it for damn legal fees that are unnecessary if they would be thinking forward instead of trying to revert back in the past. 
I mean, if we're paying for players, then why don't we wait for it, set up a system where we pay the players? You know, have it be organized. Everybody on both sides knows what the rules are, what the financial limitations are. I actually think this is a way for college athletics to, like, fix itself. I really do. I believe, okay, let's just say, let's just say this Dartmouth men's basketball team, this is the wave it's going to go. Okay, who's going to organize the college athlete? No, seriously. Who's going to organize the college athlete? Think about when these conferences and these schools decide, okay, they 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 want to fight over the revenue, they want to union, they want to be employees, they want to unionize. Okay, we're the boss. We'll tell them how much money there is we're going to give them. They're going to make a lot less than they're making now, trust me. They may think about how hardball they could play. They could turn around, look at all these athletes, and go, by the way, you don't get a college education. We'll pay you to play sports here. We ain't going to give you a scholarship. You want a scholarship? Let me tell you what that costs a year. We'll take that out of your pay. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. We can't do that. You don't even make that much money. You'll be paying us to come here and play. Think about how hard line these schools and conferences could get. If, if they were employees, I mean, think about all of us, what some of the things that our bosses have told us and looked at us about and said to us, and then get away with it. Why? They're the boss. I'm telling you, if I this is the way I look at it. I If I'm the NCAA, if I'm these schools and these conferences, oh, please, please make them employees. I'll limit costs overnight. Put a dollar value on what? Well, you know, I was going to pay 100000 a year, but you you want to go to school? Okay, well, that's uh, $48,000. Oh, you want benefits? Oh, okay, well, that's going to cost you uh, 14000 So, uh, okay, uh, you, you can have a spot in class, uh, 12 credits a semester. More than that, we'll take that out of your check. Uh, benefits? Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, you'll make 3000 a month. Okay, welcome. Congratulations. Uh, that's if you stay on the team, by the way. Okay, you know, employees get fired. Employees get fired. Never mind what Mongo just brings up in our Twitch chat room. You got states with all different labor laws. You can unionize in some states, okay? Good luck in Florida and Texas, by the way. Good luck. You can do it, (laughs) but good luck. Am I wrong? David, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that you're on to something. And I think the part of this, now, you know, the if they unionize, I don't think they would say the scholarship costs money. I think it would be a scholarship plus. I, you know, I just, I think that there would be, they're not going to win every single point, that being the school. If they unionize, they're going to negotiate. There are going to be things that are given. I think the scholarship would stay. Well, okay. I mean, but think about, you know, I mean, Marvin Miller, arguably the greatest negotiator for an athlete that we've seen in the last 55 years. Think about how long 
the fight and the struggle was for baseball players. And they have been the most effective athletes union over the last 55 years. And think about all that they had to do. The strikes, the threat of strikes, the whole deal. By the way, how do you think that's going to go over in SEC land? Big Ten country. The Ohio State players saying, we'll strike. Yeah, okay. Like, you don't think, you don't think push come to shove. Those schools and then what have you say, we'll go get 50 more look just like you. David, we've never backed the athletes in pro levels for strikes. We've always sided with it as the majority of the public has sided with the team when it comes to strikes. Now, my hope is, if this were to happen, that they also budget for the other 15 to 20 varsity sports. That's my hope. What Miller and Moulton think is going to happen is they're going to budget for six sports. And they're going to tell most of the others, uh, yeah, your club. You figure out a way. Go find those boosters that used to pay. And, um, yeah, finance... uh, yeah, it would kill the Olympic sports. Yeah, at the collegiate level, it would and kill it them. Would kill, and it will kill the United States in the Olympics. By the way, a generation from now, trust me, we ain't going to be winning medals like we have been. If anybody cares about that, once we lose, they do. Once we start getting dominated, because track and field would not be a college sport anymore. Doesn't make any money. Swimming would not be a college sport anymore. It doesn't make any money. And that's where all these great Olympians begin their training. Also, one of the downside for the player of unionizing and being an employee, guess what happens when you're an employee? What happens to your revenue, Mark, when you're an employee? Well, it's taxed. There you go. There you go. So you want to be able to go to sociology class? Okay, let's do the math again. This is what it, this is what it costs because I can sell your spot in class to somebody else. So I got to charge you for it. You know, let's go benefits and oh yeah, then taxes. By the way, you get taxed on the hundred thousand, not on the everything that's taken out of it. So uh, uh, yeah, uh, you're making Trent Bally money on Miller and Moulton. That's what you're making, but you've got a spot on the football team. Welcome. Thanks for listening. Florida Sports Network.